Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. So many of us wait for an eternity for gardening season to finally arrive in the spring. And then when it does, I'll be honest, sometimes it feels a little overwhelming. I have yet to recall a year where I didn't get into June and July and wonder if I had bitten off more than I could chew in my little homestead garden. There's weeding, there's watering, there's harvesting. How the heck do you fit it into a modern, busy schedule? Well, in today's episode, I wanted to share the top three things that I'm doing this year, plus a little secret weapon that has really, truly, honestly, reduced my garden stress by at least, I don't know, 60-70%. Let's just say I'm enjoying my garden more than ever, and here's why. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. This episode is brought to you by Redmond's Real Salt, which is the number one salt I use in all of my homestead cooking. I've learned over the years that not all salt is created equal and having the good stuff really does make a difference in your culinary adventures. Redmond's is mined in the good old US of A and I love that they use sustainable practices and that it contains 60 plus trace minerals that not only make it incredibly good for you, but it tastes better too. Since I can't grow salt myself, obviously, I like to buy it in bulk since it saves me some cash and it doesn't go bad, so it's an easy thing to stock up on. Right now for the month of June, Redmond's is offering 15% off your purchase just for my podcast listeners. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash salt and use the code homestead to snag your discount. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, the shipping is free. Man, gardening and I, you know we've had a rocky relationship. You guys have heard the stories. And every year, just like I have amnesia, I get so dang excited that it's spring, that there are green things outside after eight months of brown, and that I can finally get out and play in the dirt. It's just kind of crazy. It's like, um, I don't know if you've ever heard women talk about when they ha you have multiple children, you get done with childbirth and you're like, I'm never doing that again. It was so rough. And then you do it again and you do it again. It's like you forget. And I feel like gardening is very similar um, to that for me, at least. Because <laughs> like last year, our year was so rough and it wasn't just us. The whole region, we had the weirdest, wettest, coolest summer I can recall. And by the time August rolled around, I was just like over it. I'm done. I don't care what dies. I'm tired of begging everything to grow. And even with that, <clears throat> when it turned February, March this year, I was like raring to go. Let's do this. Let's make it happen. So here we are. It is June. At the time of this recording, I have most of my garden planted. It's actually all of it planted. I might have a few little succession plantings to do, but for the most part, I am in and rolling. Um, it's shaping up to be a really, really dry summer here, which really concerns me. Our pastures are dry. Our pastures look like it's um, end of July, early August, brown, crispy. The grass is starting to go to seed. 
and it's like the second week of June. So I'm really praying we're not shaping up for this to be another drought year because those are so, so miserable. Um, one little bit of hope we had was last night, in fact, we got about an inch of rain. Uh, the, the temperatures dropped. Well, they really dropped. And I was actually concerned for a minute because the, the thermometer was like, it's 41 degrees outside. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 not in June. No, no, no. <laughs> this cannot happen. I cannot freeze my garden out like in June. This is not acceptable. But it didn't freeze. It did get cool. We, we built a fire in the wood stove. Yes, we truly did. Ridiculous, right? Um, but the temperatures dropped and it rained and it rained and it rained all night long. And I love it. I don't care about the mud. I don't care about the coolness. I don't care I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Um, I'm just so thankful for the rain. So I'm hoping that that will give us a little bit of a boost um, going into this year. We didn't get our late spring snow, which was kind of fun on one hand, but also we needed that moisture. So I'm telling you all this so you know that my garden uh, journey is not all roses and butterflies. There's absolutely a lot of hardships, even though I've been doing this for so long in the same plot, on the same homestead. I'm learning something new every year. I'm pretty much messing mess, messing something up that's new every single year. So that's always exciting and always trying to get a little bit better. But all that being said, I really feel less stressed about my garden this year. And usually what happens is I will get it planted and then I just feel really overwhelmed with the maintenance work. Raise your hand if you can relate. You know, there's the weeding, um, making sure everything's watered, and the weeding again, and then maybe you're trying to mulch. Maybe you're trying to harvest the spinach before it goes to seed or be checking into your fall gardening. And then there's more weeding and it just feels like this never ending thing. And combining that with the craziness of summer anyway, the barbecues, uh, the swimming pool parties, like for us, it's 4-H um, and fair for our kid, kids. Well, I have one kid in 4-H. That sounded weird. You know what I mean? One kid in 4-H, but all the kids go to fair. So it's like a fair is a huge deal for us. It's like the whole week is just blacked out of the calendar. I'm not home. So just like trying to balance the garden with that sometimes makes me feel like I'm going to lose it just a little bit, just a little bit. <clears throat> so here's what I'm doing this year to make it better. And it's really, really working so far. So I have three little tricks for you plus a secret weapon. Uh, the first one, this is something I have not really done in years past. And... I kind of thought it would be redundant. It's not. It's actually really helping. And I think it's more of a mental shift for me than anything, but it's working. What can I say? So I have divided my garden up into zones. Um, and the way I did this is very unscientific. I basically just, I, I drew, it on a, drew it out on a piece of paper. You don't have to. If you're visual like me, you'll maybe find that fun to color it and uh, graph it out totally up to you, but I divided it into six different zones. So I have 20 raised beds. So I um, divided the raised beds into five sections. So there's four beds in each, each section. And then I have this other part of my garden that's kind of at the front. They're not in beds, but it's like some in-ground stuff and some flowers. And so that's zone number uh, six. So I have six zones. And I decided that for six days each week, taken Sunday off, I would focus on one zone. So yesterday was Monday and I did zone one. And that means I just focused all of my energy and all of my time that day, which wasn't a whole lot, 
but still I put it all into zone one. And what I do would I would be things like weeding, obviously that's a big one. Um, making sure that all the plants are trellised that need trellised or tied up to sticks or whatever they need to make sure they're growing properly. Um, adjusting mulch. If I need to add more mulch or maybe it got smushed up over the top of a plant, I need to, you know, kind of just organize it a little bit. Um, adding fresh mulch, adding compost, maybe depending on where we're at. Um, harvesting or planting. Did I, did I say harvesting already? I can't remember. Planting other seeds. So if I have a zone that needs the next uh, plant put in there in the rotation, I would maybe do that on that day, or I would pull the old plants out just depending on the bed. So I just basically put all of my energy into that one zone. And why that's different than what I have done in the past is prior to this, I had garden ADHD. So I would go out, I'm like, I have 30 minutes for the garden. Here we go. And I would start here and I'd weed a little bit. And then I'd wander over here and weed this and I'd be walking down one of the walkways and stop and bend over and pick a, a clump of grass out. And then I would be over here. Oh, there's another clump. And I just end up like, literally, if you had a, like on a cartoon and you were trying to draw a line from everywhere Jill went in the garden over 30 minutes, it would look like, um, I was slightly a psychopath because it's like all over the place, right? Bouncing, maybe a little mulch, maybe a little weeding, going to all the beds up and down, up and down. And what would happen is I never felt like I had a sense of completion there. I always felt like I just did a little bit and then I would look up and the garden kind of looked the same or there was partially weeds removed, but not as much as I would like. And it just never gave me that sense of being done. And what happened there, it kind of left that open loop in my brain. So the garden was constantly sitting on my mind, making me feel like I had not done enough. You need more garden time. You need to do more. You need to uh, devote more time to weeding. You need to do more to the mulch. And it just was an underlying feeling of stress. And why the zone idea is different is because I know that I can go out and zone one is my objective today. I'm going to do everything I need to do for zone one. When I'm done, I'm done. And honestly, for me, even with my garden's pretty good sized, maybe not compared to some folks who have acres and acres, um, it's 15, 20 minutes and I'm done. And I feel like it closes that part of my brain. I can check it off the list and it no longer feels overwhelming to me. And I am loving this system as simple as it is. I've also been teaching it to the folks in my homegrown mentorship group. Um, and they also have been saying the same thing. So I know it's not just me. They're like, this is making me feel more in control. This makes me feel like I can do this. Cause I don't know about you, but when I feel like I get behind on something, like I get behind on the garden, then it's kind of like I go into denial mode. Do you guys do this? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I end up going out there or not going out there and I'm just like, oh, I don't wanna look at it. It's too much. I'm just gonna pretend like it's not here, which obviously does nothing for uh, relieving my stress or completing the project. I just feel like I can't tackle it, so I just ignore it. Not a good strategy, do not recommend, but the zones just keep me out of that mindset, which I think is really good. So try it, let me know what you think. It works for me, anyway, okay. Um, my little trick number two that has saved me, I really devoted myself to this last year and I'm continuing with it this year. Mulch, baby, mulch all the mulch. Um, and I mentioned this a minute ago in the zones, but I've really been consistent 
with putting mulch on as many beds as I can in my garden. And I am using grass clippings this year. And I also used them last year for my mulch and they're really good. I put them on in a very thick layer. I always like to specify, we do not spray our garden with any sort of herbicide or pesticide. So I don't have to worry about chemicals in the grass clippings. It's very clean. Um, and I'll put them on whether they're fresh or they're a little bit old. I don't care if they're green or they're dried out and brown. I don't care if they're a little bit kind of slimy because they've been sitting in a pile for a while. Um, I don't, doesn't matter. I just put them on the beds around my plants. So I like to wait till my plants have the chance to come up out of the soil, like in the case of a bean plant, right? Like those come up, they have their first two big leaves. And then once they've established the rows, everything's germinated, then I will bring my um, mulch in and mulch around. But it's really helped. And I'm seeing an improvement in my soil texture and composition. It is absolutely reducing the amount of weeding I have to do. I'm not saying it's eliminating 100% of the weeds because inevitably you'll have a weed pop up through a thin spot or it'll pop up near a, a vegetable plant. You know, you know how it goes. But it's reducing it drastically and it's also holding in moisture. So when these hot, dry winds come or, you know, we don't get rain and I'm just depending on my sprinklers, it's, I believe, conserving water. Because when you pull the mulch up, even on a really hot day, it's cool and damp underneath. Um, so it works for me. I don't have problems with slugs. It's always the first question people ask me. What about the slugs? That's not been an issue for me. I know different parts of the country are different. So you may have to adjust your strategies just a bit. But I think you'll be hard-pressed to find an organic gardening enthusiast who isn't a fan of mulch. And mulch can be straw or hay or ground up leaves or all kinds of things, but it really makes a difference. And you're just putting that organic matter back into your soil. And it's so, so good and a time saver. So it's one of those things that is a win-win all the way around. Okay. Uh, number three, my little trick here for saving time in the garden, put your water on a timer. This, my friend, I don't think I could garden without a watering timer thingy because I do not have enough discipline to water enough on my own. If it was up to Jill to put the water out every single day, we would have no food in the, in the pantry for the winter because I just, I just can't, I just, it just is not, it's not possible. <laughs> um, I always tell people to not say they, they can't do something, but I am saying it. It's just too hard. It's too hard. So the timer the little sprinkler water system has been a game changer for me because interestingly enough, when it, you water stuff, it grows. I know earth shattering, right? Um, but we have a drip system that we built into our raised beds. Christian did it. I can't really tell you how it's put together. Cause I don't really know, honestly. Um, I just garden. He just, he does the rest, but you don't even have to to do something complicated or in the ground or, or super complex, you can just get one of those timers you attach to your faucet with the hose and read the instructions and program it. And I think it will make a big difference in your stress level and how your plants grow. So I don't care if you have to budget for it. I don't care if you have to save up for it, do it. I don't even think they're that expensive depending on what you get, but it will be worth it because knowing that, I mean, I still have to go out there and make sure every so often that the watering is doing it 
its job that it's covering properly and getting the spots properly. But for the most part, um, watering is not something I have to think about. And that is a huge, huge time saver for me, especially if we're gone or I want to go on vacation. It just takes a lot of stress off my plate. Okay, so those are my three tricks. Establish zones for your garden, use lots of mulch, and use an automatic watering timer of some sort. And then my last little secret weapon that I promised to tell you about, I got some different tools this year. Now, previously I had your typical garden tools, the hose, the rakes, the shovels. This year I got some more specialty garden tools. That has been a game changer uh, with the weeding, especially. I got this tool called a Cultiweeder, I believe is what it's called. I got it from Layman's Hardware. I will put a link to that in the show notes. And it's a short tool, so it's not full size. It's like the handle, I think, is, I don't know, a couple feet tall. And the head of the tool, it's metal. And one side has three tines like a little cultivator fork thingy. And then on it's all welded as one single piece of metal. The other side has what is called a stirrup hoe or an action hoe. And it basically just looks like it's a, a metal band and the edges are sharp. Um, it's kind of like a uh, rectangular shape that then attaches at the top into the rest of the tool. And you can get a stirrup hoe all on its own, like a full size one that it doesn't have the cultivator on the other side, but man, that tool is so cool. And why I love the idea of this stirrup hoe or action hoe, like just Google it. You can, you can find a picture pretty easily. Um, you, all you have to do when you have your rows, you just drag that, um, sharpened hoe edge through the soil and it slices off the seedlings. And so I've really been trying to embrace the idea this year of cultivating rather than just being reactionary and weeding. Now, let me explain what that means. So once you get your seeds planted and you know where the seeds are going to be, you know where the rows are, a lot of the smart gardeners, which I hope I will be one someday, they cultivate the soil before the weeds appear. So my strategy in years past was I'm just going to wait till those weeds are big enough for me to pick them and then I'll take care of them, which is kind of overwhelming and takes more time. But a lot of these organic gardeners will cultivate the soil before the weeds even come up and it's much easier, right? And you're really nipping it in the bud before it starts. So you take that stirrup hoe or you take the cultivator side and you just run it down through the soil, whether it looks like it needs it or not. And you just, you're not like tilling it every time. You're just scraping it basically. And it just, what's the, what's the, the saying, an ounce of, prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's what you're doing. And the, the way this type of hoe is engineered, it just makes it easier. It's easier on your body. It's less effort for you. My kids actually love it. Um, they fight over who gets to use it because it's just fun. It's just different than hacking at something with a traditional hoe or picking them out with your fingers. And if you have those beds that have a lot of little tiny baby weed seeds, it just makes it a snap to take care of it. Um, so I highly recommend it. I will put the link in the show notes. I got mine from Layman's Hardware, which is one of my top favorite homestead supply stores. Uh, it's a little bit of an investment, but I feel like it's worth it. It's going to last a long, long time. So there you have it, my friend. My little tricks for saving time and reducing stress in the garden. If you have 
a magic hack or a secret weapon that wasn't on my list, I would love to hear what it is because I am always ex uh, excited to learn and expand my repertoire of homestead and garden tricks. So email it to me, send it over to me on Instagram. I'm excited to hear what I might be missing. And in the meantime, if you would like some more of my gardening tidbits, or maybe you'd like a little more info on my raised beds, because I get a lot of questions about that, I have a little complimentary ebook over for you over at theprairiehomestead.com slash raised bed guide. You just put in your email. We send you the ebook right away. It's full color, lots of good stuff in there. I think you'll enjoy it. So head on over and check that out. And that is it for today. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to take a quick screenshot of it and then tag me over on Facebook or Instagram with your biggest takeaway. I love to share those posts when they come through. So it's fun to see what you're listening to and what you found to be the most enlightening. Thanks so much for listening and we will catch up again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.